I'm going to have you guys turn to a passage you're not going to think should apply to Mother's Day or at least relate to you on Mother's Day. That's Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I uh, was laying in bed. It was 1.31, no, it was 1.48 in the morning. 1.48 in the morning and my phone goes off. I'm thinking, who in the world is texting me? I got three texts at 1.48 in the morning. It was my mom. I, I, I got up and I'm like, what are you doing up? And I, I, I know a lot of you guys don't know uh, the story of uh, my mom. My mom, she didn't answer. She was probably at work. Just being honest, my mom owns a business and she works around the clock. She has a bed in her shop and sometimes she gets up, she sews, goes back to bed and when she sleeps so she can open the door to, she's a seamstress and, and uh, meet her customers and things. That's, I remember that all the way through the years of growing up, my mom being like that. And I, my, I, I feel like I, every time Mother's Day I get up and I say some of the same stories and talk in the same way, but let me tell you, this is more than just a holiday. It should be a time that we stop and we thank God for what we have and had. I know this day is hard for some of you because of the fact that your mom's already gone and passed. And it's, I, I see those Facebook posts. I see some of the faces of you. I, I know there's some people that are not even here today because it's hard to come in. It's still fresh in their mind and, and being reminded that they lost somebody that meant so much to them. It's not easy. I know. But I can tell you, growing up, in the house that I had would not have been possible of all the blessings that I had without my mom. It wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be, and I wrote my mom our, our Mother's Day card, and I, and I put it, and I say the same thing every year. I always conclude this. I say, Mama, I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be. Because of the sacrifices, and when we were kids, there was the, the physical side of mom taking care of us. I mean, the tracking mud through the house, and getting in trouble, and putting holes in our jeans, and I remember my mom, because she was a seamstress, she, and she didn't have money, she would actually go clean other people's houses to get money, to go to a clearance rack to buy clothes that didn't fit us, but they were on clearance so she could come home and tailor them so that we'd have clothes to go to school. And get us through Christian school, my mom became the school janitor to pay for our school education. Because I, I look back and I see the physical side of what my mom did to get me where I'm at and allow me to have the education. But I also know that there was this second side of my mom. That was the side of my mom that she fought for me spiritually. She, she endured the trials and, and the prayer and, and putting us in church and following up on us and making sure that we had the education and all those things. And, and I'll tell you, those spiritual side of my mom has stuck with me. Some of you don't know this, but it was, this was the coolest thing for me. When I was a kid, one of the things that my mom did is she started a puppet ministry in our church. And my mom having this puppet ministry in our church, didn't, we didn't have a budget for puppets. So my mom said, I'm a seamstress. I bet you I could make puppets. My mom started making puppets, and she got really good at it. She got really, really good at it. She started going to conventions. She opened up a store. She started sending puppets around the world. She started sending them to different missionaries and all this other stuff. 
So I come to Fellowship Baptist Church in 2000, uh, 17 years ago. It's when we first started here. Came to came to Fellowship Baptist, and somebody had a puppet. And I looked at that, and I said, that puppet looks familiar. And the guy said, let me go get my receipt. We just ordered these a couple of years ago. He pulled out the receipt, and it was my mom's receipt from her puppet business. Fellowship Baptist Church was using my mom's puppets and had no idea that our past would cross in that way. I love my mom very, very much. Moms are special, but let me tell you, when it comes to raising kids, there's, there's a challenge. There's an indescribable challenge. I, I started last week talking about this of family matters, and I, I put the rock out here, and I was talking about the, how the family fails unless it's on the rock, unless it's on Jesus Christ, as opposed to the sinking sand that falls apart. And let me tell you, you, you say, I'm not on sand or rock. You are right now. You're at one of those two places. Because if you're not following God and putting your family on the word of God and following after the commandments of God, then you are automatically on the sand. You don't, you don't just choose the sand. You're on the sand. Because there's only one alternative outside of being on the rock of Jesus Christ. It is that which is shifting and unstable and it falls apart and, it's, and it's, it ruins families. Satan is after ruining families. And I tell you, I I can't remember how many times I've seen my mom break down crying in the car. I've told you guys this story before. I didn't have the money and we had to pay for these things at school. And she's crying in the parking lot saying, I hate to send you in. I don't even have the money to give you. And she said, I just can't do this. But she did. I scratched my head and she'd pick me up and she'd be different and how's school and I love you guys and I've got an idea we're going to go to the park on the way home and all this and I'm like, what happened to mom? What, where's that mom that was this morning was crying and falling apart and broken and, and different things? There was something going on in my mom's life and as I got older, I saw it. She had a strength because she was on the rock. Although the storms would come, my mom didn't waver because she was on the rock. I want to show you where real help comes from today. And I want to show you why we face real battles in our life today. Uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 48. I'm using Mary this morning. And I don't want you tuning me out. Because you're going you're gonna to throw Mary up on this pedestal and say, Well, I'm definitely not Mary. And Pastor Tony, I can swear to you my kids are not Jesus. Okay? And I, and I, and, and I get that. Okay? But I, 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 you need to understand that Mary was a mother and a human being and no different than you and I are today. I, I, you need to understand that actually, in, and I want to start off Luke one forty eight, what she was testifying, she said, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. That, that's where she put herself. Lowest state. She means, and I looked it up, is actually a feeling of the heart or mind of being nobody. She, she just stood back and she said, why would you pick me? I'm, I'm not of great ability. I'm not of great strength. I'm not of great heritage. I'm not of any of these things. She said, I'm a handmaid and I'm, I'm just a servant. Lord, that, that's all that I am. She wasn't superhuman or super mom. She, she didn't look like 90% of the pictures that you see that they describe Mary to being with the, the halos and all this other stuff. She was just, and probably at that time, 14, 16 years old uh, of, their, of their culture. She was a woman of faith. And God saw her heart. That's, back up, let's start over. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. 
And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree of Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Verse 5, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was that they were there, the days were accomplished, that should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the end. And I'm not going to turn this into a Christmas message or anything like this. But here's the part that you can relate to her as a mom, okay? She... Wanted food and shelter. I want to wrap him up. I want to hold him. I, I know we always look at the manger and like, oh my goodness, Jesus was born in a manger and we've got that in our nativity. Can you imagine? He was crying and she said, we just put him down to sleep. He's driving me crazy. He was a baby, 100% man, cried, woke up. Every, all the things that you have as a mother, she, she gave birth. She felt every pain of it. She, it, was, it was the same thing. They were a mom and a dad struggling in life, trying to figure out what's, what they're doing, feeling like they're failing because they're giving birth to the Son of God in a manger, putting him on a bale of hay and, and, and not providing like they thought it should be. This is this life struggles. And let me tell you, we all have just regular life struggles, okay? Struggles to keep shoes on the kids because their feet grow so fast. Keeping the house clean. Homework, schedules, the unexpected sicknesses, and the kids throwing up on you as you're running out for, you know, family pictures and all those other things that every one of us go through. But I want to talk about the spiritual struggles, the inward struggles. Look forward to Luke chapter 2, verse 34. They go to meet Simeon, and the Bible says, And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, This child is set for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, for a sign which shall be spoken against. Verse 35, and yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul. Talking about Mary. Mary, the mother. That that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You know what God was doing to Mary? He says, hey, Simeon was like, hey, mom, I'm going to warn you now. Man, there's, there's stuff coming down the road. It's not going to be easy. And you're going to have to see your son go through things and say he was a child of God. To Mary, that was her little boy. You realize, carried for nine months, felt every pain of the birth, kissed his little face, watched him grow, watched him smile, watched him cry. This was her baby. She's probably holding her baby at this time. Guys, there's a spiritual side of all of us of those struggles that keep us up at night, of wondering, is my child okay at college? Are they eating right? Is there something they're not telling me? Is there something they're keeping from me? I don't care how old they get. A mom never stops caring for their babies. In Matthew, we see the spiritual and inward struggle. Let me read this. You don't have to turn there. And Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until bring thee word. Now listen to this. Can you imagine being a mom, okay, and hearing something and saying, Well, that's not bad. I mean, bad things happen. There's challenges for every family. For Herod, the king, will seek the young child to destroy him. What if I came up to you, and you, you, we just write this off as a Christmas story, so Mary and Joseph got up, and they ran out, and it's like, can you imagine your husband waking you up saying, honey, we've got to go. The government, the sheriff's office, is on their way to our house right now. They've got every right 
and every authority to kick in the door, and they're going to shoot our child on the spot. You say you're being graphic and gross. No, no, I'm, 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 can, you, can you get the story of mom then grabbing that child and picking up saying, Joseph, we've got to go now. I'm not losing my baby. I'm not going to lose this child. I'm not, this is my baby. I just, we just started this, Joseph. He's got a calling on his life. He's got, God promised me things. Joseph, we're going and we're going now. Okay? We, we, we spiritualize this so much. No, she was a mom with a baby with a problem that was big. And he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and they departed out of Egypt. And I, I promise you it was quickly. Can I just, in a sense, if you're going to take away the nativity set for a minute and let me just pull back the curtain and say, let me, let's go backstage and say what was really going on is Satan knew that the baby was born and he pricked the pride of Herod and said, you go destroy that child because that child is here to be the savior of the world. And he said something about saving them from their sins and I'm not going to let that happen. And I'll do whatever it takes and I don't care if I have to kill every baby in this city, that baby's going to die And I'm going to use the arrogance of you and your pride to make it happen. There is a spiritual battle behind the scenes of every mom here raging for your child. Mary Mary is probably thinking, I know Simeon said something about the sword, but she says, I'm feeling it already. Every horse that would come out thinking it was a guard, every cry of a baby, everything, as she's gripping onto that baby going, Lord, not my baby, not my baby, not my baby. Lord, I can't take this. The struggles. See, the same is true today. Jennifer, would you mind coming up here? I, I want Jennifer to represent every mom in this room. The reality of life is we go through times of thinking that we're failing. I'm just being honest. Every mom that I've ever talked to said, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm being good enough. I don't know if I can keep up with this. I don't know if I'm providing a good enough home. I don't know if I'm good enough of a mom. I, I, mom, I feel like I'm dropping the ball. What's going to happen next? What's the next challenge? What's the next problem? I tell you, some of you moms are so discouraged right now. You just feel like I'm getting hit from every angle possible. If it's not one thing, if it's not finances, it's the house. If it's not the house, it's the kids being sick. If the kids get better, it's the doctor bill I have to pay following it. And I have to rob from Peter to pay up ball. Why is life so hard? Why is life so hard? Can I explain to you why things are so challenging for you as a mom? Can I, can I tell you guys straight up, and I want you to get this visual today of why things are so hard and why you're getting hit from every angle. Lacey, you want to come up here for a second? Mom, I want you to get this picture right here. You are not the target. You are Satan's obstacle. Do you know what Herod was after? That baby. Herod was after that child, but you know whose heart is racing? You know who's sweating? It's dad, it's mom, it's, it's them getting out, it's, it's them going after it. You, you realize that mom and dad were not the target. Mom and dad were just in the way of Satan get what he really, really wanted. 
And, and I think that ought to change our perspective in life of understanding that Mary felt the pain and she felt the problems and she was given this responsibility and she wanted to carry out the mission and that child was to be the hope of the world. That child was to be everything that God said that it would be. And she shall bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. I'll tell you, in that story, Jesus was a threat to everything that Satan stood for. Jesus was hope and life. Let me tell you, Jennifer Lacey is a threat to Satan. Uh, the fact that you guys are in church right now, the fact that you say, well, I'm nothing like Mary. Let me, let me tell you, Jennifer is very much so like Mary in the sense that she says, Lord, be it unto me according to thy will. I want to be in church, and I want to follow your will, and I want my children to grow up and, and serve you, and I want what's right. Yes, Jennifer, you're very much so. Because of the same attack that was there to destroy, Lacey could grow up to be the next author of the greatest book that this world's ever read. Lacey could grow up to be the next one that finds a cure for a disease that's destroying life. Lacey could be the next politician that changes things. Lacey could be the next leader of our nation. Lacey could be the next one to raise up the, the next deal moody of our country. Yes, Satan is mad because he's not just picking on you. He's sitting there trying to find every angle as he pushes and prods and whatever because you're sitting there as a mom saying, you're not getting my baby. Satan says, I'll do whatever I have to do to, to, to roll right over you to get to what I want. Every mom needs to know, if you stand for God, you become an obstacle to what Satan's truly after. He's after your children. He's after them because they're raised to be the hope of the world. They're raised to be the light of the world. They represent the hope of Jesus Christ. That child has potential. And you say, why is life so hard? Just keep this in mind because you're standing in the way of what Satan wants. Thank you, guys. When you ask the question, what, why is this such a big deal? I'm, I'm just trying to do what's right. Psalm 127, verse 3, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, and I, I read this, a lot of times when we're doing baby dedications and stuff like this, and we, we just, this verse is so comforting. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is their reward. Think about the verse. Children are the heritage. That means the blessing of God. I'm holding that baby and I'm thinking, man, what a blessing from God and, and the, the way that they smile and the way that they coo and the way that they, they laugh in their first steps and everything and saying, there's no greater joy in all the world than to watch my baby grow up. There's no greater love. There's no greater the, the time that I'd rather spend with anybody or anything than to have this. The Bible says the fruit of their room is their reward. Man, I tell you, if my kids grow up to serve God and do what's right, that, that's better than anything this world could offer so we get to the next verse see don't leave it there as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth do you know the bible is described as your child as an arrow literally saying that you take them and all of a sudden you begin to mold them and make them and shape them and create them and straighten them and do everything that we can to put them there because what an arrow has done is it's a weapon against the devil. You, you realize that what we're doing right now is creating weapons, ambassadors, people that go out and represent truth and God and righteousness. And you think Satan's just going to be okay with that? Moms, 
your obstacles today. And you're standing in the way of what Satan wants to destroy. I, I want you to see this next thing. See, she said, Lord, do this according to your will. Let me have what you want. She didn't run from God. She did not ignore her calling, but the problem still came. Get get this second principle of this. Your struggles are not about what you're doing wrong, but what you're doing right. I I look at my childhood of uh, of growing up, and I, I... I remember my mom saying, I'm just trying to keep you in school, a Christian school, and it's, it's so hard. My mom's saying, I, I just want to go to church, and here we are, another flat tire, and you know, all, all these different things that were happening all the time, and, and, and finances and things like that. You realize that struggles do come when you're doing wrong, but usually those are consequences that come down the road. But in this story, let me ask you guys, what was Mary and Joseph doing wrong? weren't doing anything wrong. They were doing exactly what God said. But you got to understand is as soon as you say you're not going to get it, the resistance is going to come right behind it. If you decide as a mom to do what is right, you got to be prepared for resistance. Be prepared for resistance when you tell your kids, get up, we're going to church, and they start telling you how tired they are. If you're going to Cedar Point, something miraculous happens in that bedroom, and they're up, and they're waking you up, and School and church is different. You say, turn off the TV. We're going to go, you know, we're, we're not going to watch a show like that. And all of a sudden, well, mom, you're so old-fashioned. All that resistance will come. You think, man, am I just a bad parent? No, when you're trying to do what's right, let me tell you, resistance is going to come. It's not, resistance doesn't come because you're doing wrong. It usually comes because you're doing right. If you stand for God, mom or dad or anybody breathing in this room, if you stand for God, resistance is sure to follow. Take that child out of sports on Sunday and say, you know what, I'd rather be in church than go run and do these tournaments. I promise you, you're going to start getting the words from everyone. They're just sheltering their kids. They don't know how to raise their kids. No, I just want my kids in church. Anytime you start making that statement of what you're going to do, you're, you're going to get pushback. Let me tell you, it comes from within and without It's going to come within just because we're dealing with flesh and people. It's going to come without because Satan's not okay with it. I'm sure Mary was probably asking herself questions, saying, Joseph, what am I doing wrong? I mean, I I, I thought we were protecting him. I thought we were following everything that we did. You were. Because you were doing right is the reason that the problems came. Everything they encountered was part of the plan of God. Everything that they see... See, God brought them to the point of where they should be because that that baby was born to be the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world. Sometimes your failures in life saying, man, I wanted a bigger home for you. And God says, hey, you didn't fail. I just wanted them to be raised in that home. He sat there and said, I've always wanted to make more money so I could give more to those kids and I'm not making what I want. And God says, you know what? Money wasn't what they needed. It was more time for mom and dad at home. That's why you didn't get the promotion. Sometimes the resistance is because God, his plans are just much better than yours. It's not that you're failing. It's just that you're not leading up to your expectations. But Mary and Joseph were doing exactly what God wanted them to do. And let me close with this. Third lesson that we learn from Mary is spiritual battles require spiritual help. People that say, I'm getting hit from every direction. I'm wounded. I'm defeated. I'm worn out. You can't do this alone. This is, this is my 
main part of my message. Look at Luke one twenty eight, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, you might be feeling like the world is against you. And you're saying, and I, I tell you, I get hit. This, this statement, this, this wording right here is incredible. Highly favored literally means that God was telling Mary that I'm giving you grace. I'm, a, I'm endowing you with special honor. You are accepted. You know, let me put it like this. God was telling Mary, I am for you. So that's, that's great. Pa- Pastor Tony, will you, if you will just please stop and quit comparing me to Mary because she was chosen to bring in Jesus. And I, and I am not. I decided to do a word search. And I just wanted to find every place in the Bible that highly favored was found. It's only mentioned twice in the entire New Testament. Highly favored is only mentioned twice in the New Testament. Once with Mary, and the second time in his Ephesians 1, 6. says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted into the beloved. That word accepted is the same Greek word that means favored. Meaning that God says to every believer in this room, I am for you. I don't care what you're facing. As you lead your kids to do what's right and you lead them to go to Bible school and you lead them in devotions and you lead them to praying, you lead them down the path of righteousness, you are not alone. God is not only with you, and we'll get to this in a a minute, God is not only with you, you must remember in all that you do that the world might be against you, but God is definitely for you. God is for you. He is for you as you lead. He is for you as you do what you do. He is for you in the midst of your sacrifices. Verse 35, uh, Luke 1, 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Not only is God for you, His presence stands by you. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of God literally said that Mary, no matter where you go, I'm going to be there. Now, now let, me, let me just paint this picture for you because you're, you're, you're sitting there saying, man, that sounds great, but that, that wasn't the case. I mean, I'm just not seeing that when God says that he's with you all the time. So this is God, okay? God knows the heart of Pharaoh. God knows the work of the devil. God knows what's going on. Hey, I want you to go kill all the two-year-olds. I want this to happen. I, I, want, I want them dead by the end of the day. I, I want, here's the Holy Spirit of God going over there, kicking Joseph. Joseph, get up, get married, your wife. I want you to take her. I want you to protect her. I want you to get out of here. I want you to go to Egypt. You need to go now. You need to get your stuff together. Joseph wakes up, wakes up his wife. What's going on? Honey, we have to go. How did that happen? Let me tell you, spiritual problems require spiritual help. Joseph wasn't watching the news to get his report. Mary wasn't sitting there just reading Reader's Digest to figure out how to be a better mom. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God shook him up saying, Hey, things aren't going to go well, but I'm with you. Things aren't going to be right, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I promised that I'd be there. I know what's going on. I know where you're going. And I know that I'm going to wake you up. I am with you. I am for you. And I will never leave you. Hey, mom and dad, 
those spiritual struggles that we have in our life, if you're sitting there trying to figure out if Dr. Phil has the answer for you, you're never going to find it on channel 10 or 5 or wherever you're looking. But all of a sudden, God's hand and God's help and God's movement comes in your life in an unexpected way to help you, guide you, lead you, give you the words to say, that is what God meant when he said, the shadow of the Most High shall overshadow you. Literally meaning, I will be there with you when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what's coming and you don't know where to go. God has the answers. And the last thing, let me point out, is his power goes with you. He said the power of the highest, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The power is dunamis power, miraculous, abundant, meaning mighty, strength, Wonderful power to equip you to do what you cannot do. You know, when I figured out, when mom was sitting there and she's crying in that parking lot and she's saying, God, I don't know what to do and I don't know the answers and I don't have this figured out and all this other stuff. It's just, and you're just, just frustrated with life. And then we go in there. Mom didn't get alone by herself. She got alone with God. And all of a sudden, she began to tap into a power that was greater than our circumstances and greater than our problems and greater than what was facing us and greater than Herod. Greater. That dunamis power. You say, well, that's great for Mary. Do you realize that that is the same power that Jesus promised us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? When he said the Holy Spirit shall come into your life. Hey, mom, as Christians, you don't do what you do by yourself. You do what you do in the power of God. You should be. I don't care what's facing or what's coming down the road. Satan comes around you and he's pushing you and he's shoving you and all this. And you say, why am I getting this? Because he's after something you've got. Why am I trying to do all the right things and all of a sudden I'm facing all these problems? That's exactly why. Because you are doing the right things and Satan's not going to be okay with that. And then there's spiritual help because we're facing spiritual problems. That depression that comes into our teen's mind, that, 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 that thing that I'm not worth it or I, I'm not loved, all those things are spiritual warfare in the mind. And yes, God has the answers. Amen. Luke 1.49. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things.